Hello, everybody. Welcome to the NFP Podcast, presented by 3D Entertainment. This is episode number six. The NFP Podcast is brought to you by Sneaky Weasel Lager and Hey All Southern Iced Teas, the official alcohol sponsor of the show. We're back. Jason, good to have you. How's things? Happy New Year, buddy. Happy New Year. First, uh, first pod of the new year, 2021. Yep. 2020 is literally... Fucking dandy. Hindsight, hindsight, we can finally say it. Hindsight is 2020. Fucking it's a. legit now in 2021. Yeah, let's hope for uh, for a better 2021 for all, all involved. Uh, speaking of that, New Year's, what'd you get up to? You know what? We were up at the cabin um, doing some sledding. The weather was just awesome. Yeah. Uh, I was never a snowmobile guy growing up at all. And now I own three of them in the last month. I bought oh, three. no shit. Yeah. yeah. The boys got one and I had to get one too. That went way faster than theirs. Obviously. <laughs> Duh. But yeah, the groom trails and stuff up there. Like you can, like you can have it on an app and they got yeah. warm up shacks every 10 or 12 miles, roast a wiener, you know, it's a, fuck, a, it's a full lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It, man. it totally is, man. Yeah. I, and I love it. So yeah. we spent, uh, we got home on the 28th, so I uh, was up there till uh, Sunday night. So we spent six days, put a oh, you know, good. 300 yeah. clicks on the sleds, and kids had a blast. Some, we got about four outdoor rinks out on the bay there, so social distancing isn't a concern there because we've yep. got a ton of space. and Good to go. One, one family's got a curly nice sheet oh, made yeah. with the rocks and the hacks and everything. So, yeah, yeah. it was just, you know what? It's it's a little slice of heaven, you know. Yeah. Instead of being in the city, it it really is. Our uh, our American guests and uh, people that don't deal with snow are gonna be like, "What the fuck are they talking about? Yeah. Snowmobiling, and curling, and fuck it." Yeah, there's these <laughs> machines that rip across the snow, man. Just like just like sea dews on the yeah. water. Yeah, she's a different world up here, man. Got to got to make do with what you can do. My uh, yeah. New Year's, we uh was pretty low key as well. Uh, we did some fireworks. Um, oh, actually, good story with that. I, I have uh, quite a few cows around here, so I have a bunch of bales. Um, just you, like, you started like, a fire. Just no, that was the deal. I, fuck, I almost did because I was trying to not light my bale stack on fire. <laughs> yeah, but then totally uh, forgot that, about my house uh, on the other side of it. So when the, you know how the fireworks they start blowing sideways and shit. And yeah, I had yeah. the family behind me, had the crew behind me standing back so that everybody was okay. Well, fucking. They start shooting sideways and two are bouncing off my house and I fucking dive in there and I'm holding the bottom of the firework <laughs> with my hand and try to keep it going straight. And because it's not like we had one, we had fucking fifteen hundred dollars worth of fireworks, I think. And then we finish up and I was like, okay, that's good. Didn't burn the house down. And I I go back over to to the group, you know, of our, our family that's standing there. Well, one of them shot fucking right over our head, right back into the group and starts <laughs> <laughs> right everybody there was yeah. kids flying around and oh yeah i guess it was vietnam back there so. well i can relate because we do an annual fireworks show at um at the lake so as you know the pbr's got their own uh pyro company now Splash <laughs> yeah. Effects. so i just call pete so we we pool our money together all the cabin owners and we have sponsors of our show and stuff so we 
No shit. We spent like two grand, two yeah. grand cost. So that's like 4,500 at Bizarre Novelty. Yeah. Uh, worth of, like it's 20 plus minutes long and we usually have anywhere from 16 to 25 boats in the bay watching and whatnot. Yeah. And we, we set it up out on a dock in the water. So it's a little more safe for, for my buddy Jeff and I to, to ignite them. Yeah. And uh, then usually we just throw some water on after because yeah. you got to be careful because there's some duds in there that don't go. And yeah, you're walking back and <laughs> three minutes later, you're sitting at the fire and all of a sudden, well, here comes the encore. Yeah. That was the, the, you know, the heat has worked itself, uh, <laughs> but you got to be careful, real careful that um, about the fire after, because those boxes are, those cakes are so hot. Yeah. Um, anyway, we ended up going to a buddy's garage there this summer uh, and opening the door and having reopened one night and we we're coming back about 2 30 and we got to go over a bridge to get to our cabin yeah and you know it's it's you know it's darker than the inside of a cow out there <laughs> at 2 30 in the morning yeah and there is a bonfire going oh, yeah. on top of the dock and twilight's like you got to put that out so i go out there with a oh, with my fine. pail yep. to start throwing water out and dousing the flames and there is a hole in our dock and it's an old piece of dock, so yeah, no, yeah. no real damage. To, but the cakes just burnt right through. Burnt right through. There. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the fire was out by the time I got there because it dropped right into the <laughs> dropped right into the lake. You're good. Yeah. One time at uh, at Ty Pazabon's house after Cloverdale, um, there was a bunch of us bull riders, and you can imagine the state that all of us bull riders were in after Cloverdale. Got it, Anybody got who's idea. been there knows how much fun it is. So we just keep it rolling for a few days, and uh, there was torque and. Um, um, oh, there's a full crew of us, Devin and Skyler and uh, a bunch of bull riders around that time. Uh, Gurlitz, I think, Ty Elliott. I think we're going to Ty Elliott's wedding. That's why we're all hanging out there. But uh, Jody and Steve Turner, obviously, big, oh, wow. big, part of it, big part of it. We're sitting around a fire at like two or three in the morning and uh, everybody's just bullshitting. And Steve had, had taken off for a while. He took off to do something. We thought, go take a piss or something. Well, he comes back, and uh, we're all sitting around the fire looking at the fire. And all of a sudden, I don't know, there's probably 100 bucks worth of fireworks just gets thrown on the fire that we're all oh. sitting around. That we're all sitting around. And it takes everybody a little while to like figure out, like, holy fuck, those are fireworks. And they just start pew, pew. <laughs> same thing yeah. like vietnam everybody's down everybody's freaking hiding and there was a lady that was uh lived on the island out out there that was high school rodeoing in bc and the posbons were letting her and her kid and uh their horses and stuff stay at their house they didn't have to keep going back and forth well these yeah. fucking fireworks are just bouncing off the side of their trailer and their horses are pulling back and this lady rares out the out the door kicks the door open and me and positive we're hiding under his deck and he we all like we knew he knew he was gonna be in so much shit from his parents and everybody right and this lady goes all you can hear is Ty, what the fuck <laughs> like oh my god you guys are uh, there'd be some P ptsd the next day after oh, that yeah event. yeah so thanks to scoop for that one that was a fun time but okay moving on um uh let me get into the ad read right here for our uh yeah, for our sponsors, those stories I think they kind of fit hand in hand with with the stories that we just told. So, uh, hey y'all, Southern Iced Tea. Hey y'all, Southern Iced Teas. Our tea is always served iced and hard. This vodka-based iced tea is brewed with genuine black tea and lightly sweetened. Enjoy a hey y'all, Southern Iced Tea while taking in the main bull riding event or sipping a cold one on the porch. Hey y'all, Southern Iced Teas, the official refreshment beverage of the NFP. 
podcast once again thanks to them uh yep once again i smashed quite a few of those on new year's probably why my fireworks were good. flying all over the place but hey all in good fun 2020 is done let's uh let's get through our uh world juniors let's get into that uh canada we're recording this on uh wednesday no what day is it today no tuesday the 5th tuesday, the tuesday 5th. january 5th 2021 so- so it'll be finished. This will be out uh, after the, the game. But uh, last night, uh, Canada and Russia, your boy, yeah. Braden Snyder, huge game. How do you, what'd you think of that? Yeah, big game, big game. I was real happy for him. Um, uh, t- you know, he had a, a solid two periods against Finland and, and uh, had a couple turnovers in the third and, and was actually benched um, with about six minutes left in the third period. And, and he had a, you know, coach brought him in, didn't change anything, kept him in his uh, rotation with his partner. And he, and he responded the way, you know, you want your, your young players that are developing to respond. He come out and had a hell of a game. I, uh, a goal assist, he was physical, um, really shut down some, uh, some of the, you know, one of Toronto's top prospects on the, on the Russian team. So I was real happy to see that, um, yeah, he's a great PA kid, the yeah. Schneider, the whole family. If you if you knew the family, you can't but not cheer for them. Um, so I'm I'm expecting big things. I think the coaches did a heck of a job last night, working him right back to where he was in the lineup. You know, through the whole tournament, had to miss basically two full games due to that uh, hit from behind, hit to the head. He, hit to the head. Yep. Yeah. So I, I think he's had a great tournament and if Canada can play like they played last night, uh, the U S has got their hands full. It's going to be yeah. a great deal. Like well, I, everybody says Canada, Russia, but come on, Canada, U S for the gold. Oh yeah. It's going to be a good one. It's yep. going to be a good one. I yep. won't be returning any text tonight. That's for sure. Not till after the game. Yeah, no, that's going to be fun watching. And like you say, the rivalries of, of they're young guys, uh, right? So it's not like the Olympics, but it's this, you, you forget that they're 16, 17, 18 year old guys. Uh, and that country pride comes in and, and you just want them to fucking take her home. Right. It's there's yeah, yeah, not, not much more. Being We're a all in this one for your country. Yeah. Yeah. As a Canadian, we're all in this. Anybody that's grown up, you know, loving the game of hockey, even a little bit, like we're all in this one together. And that's what I love about the juniors tournament. It's just a, it's a really special time of year. And you know what, it really was kind of one of those crutches that helped us get through, you know, this holiday season. Oh yeah. hundred percent. All the restrictions and all the bullshit that goes along with it. So gives you something to look forward to and watch and cheer for. Yeah, exactly. So hopefully we got some more of that coming in 2021. We need some shit to do. And uh, also with that too, the camp started up again. NHL camp started. Yeah. Um, That's cool. That's exciting. Yeah. So I think that's looking like she's going to go. Hey, She's going. We got Bears signed up. I don't think we had that done when we talked to Bears. Yeah, so. we were talking about that last time. You got her done? Got the deal done there? Yeah, fresh new deal. Four million in his pocket here. The next, well, basically it's a 16-month contract because, um, you know, he'll be he'll be due to, to sign a new one here uh, in a year and four to six months, basically. Right on. Good. So, yeah, that's, that's a bonus. 
Um, since we were back on last time, the first PBR or last PBR of, of 2020 uh, went off in the ABBI event in Fort Worth, Texas. Mason Taylor takes the event win there, uh, along with riding solo of Cord McCoy's taking the classic championship. So um, for those that don't know, the, the ABBI American Bucking Bull Incorporated, they have uh, their own association and their own events tied along with the PBR and different events throughout the year where it's all about uh, the Bulls. Uh, bucking bulls having their own competition so when you see pbr events and you see guys riding um, they're not the only ones out there that can that can make it make make money the the bull side of it has its own entity and and makes their own money as well so uh, a lot of money in that and every everybody knows everybody should know court mccoy the amazing racer him and yep. him and jet what did they end up doing three did they go on three amazing races two for sure two, two for sure two for sure because yeah, they, they came back yeah. It might even have been a third. Yeah, Cord, one of the one of the good guys out there for sure. Yeah. Got, uh, I actually met Cord at St. Teat. Uh, him and Jet, my first year over there, which would have been like 1999 or 2000. I was fighting bulls over there. And those kids were riding in the IPRA at the time. Uh, Jet was a bareback rider, bronc rider. And... Cord was riding bulls and riding broncs. Yeah. And you know how that championship round, they had the good money back. You know, you rode there too. Like you yep. could walk oh, yeah. away with 10 or yeah. 12. I remember those two kids left that. Walk Sunday away with a fucking to- salty hangover as well. But yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't. They were all business, those yeah. two. But just shy of 20 grand in cash they were heading home with. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they cleaned up. Good guys. And Cord, uh, after you had a great career as a, as a PBR bull rider uh, and then went on to do the amazing race, also take over the family business of the bucking bull yeah. side of it. Yeah. Really, yeah. really has in today's day and age has one of the best breeding programs in pens going. He's won. Uh, I think you won the, the world championship again in the futurities. You did. Bullen, you bet. Yeah. I mentioned in riding solo. Uh, he went second in the classic this year and he won the world title as a, as a two-year-old as well. So uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, jump online, check it out. The, the ABBI, you can, you can follow along with, with how much money these, these buck and bulls can make and uh, the business side of, of the animals. So uh, pretty cool. They are, they are the future stars. They're the future stars of the PBR as well. You know, chicken and the chain just didn't become a star at eight years old. You know, they, they start young, same with the uh, bushwhacker, all them bulls. They, uh, their, their rise to stardom starts with the ABBI. Huge. Yep. Yep. Moving into our guest, speaking of rise to stardom, uh, Kevin Kaminsky, we got on this one. And this one's pretty cool. Kevin Killer Kaminsky was uh, was a great hockey player, well, a tough guy, very, very tough guy, smaller guy, five foot nine, but was known as as fearless and and a total team player. Fight anybody has some of the has a has a crazy fight card that we get into of, of the different guys that he went toe to toe with throughout the years. But just a great guy all around. has has a huge heart. You can tell in this interview. Um, you know, loves loves his community, loves his country, and and uh, yeah, it was super fun to chat with him. It was, um, you know, when we're tossing ideas around who we're going to have next and, and we've been kind of sticking to the Western lifestyle a little bit. And, um, we, oh, we always knew we'd do the crossover to hockey and, and we'll hear about Kevin's, uh, you know, his, his alliances with, with 
uh, mental health, which aligns with what, you know, our beliefs and keeping uh, Ty Posbon's name, um, you know, alive and what we do with the Posy Foundation. So I thought it was just a real good fit. And he's a guy I've got to know a little bit here the last few months with hockey and whatnot. And, you know, we, our good friend Curtis Lassition speak, spoke very highly of him and we could we could we're gonna definitely have to have a part two because yeah yeah he uh he had a lot of stuff to tell and say and it was all good stuff you know it was really good stuff and he comes by that nickname killer pretty naturally but yeah i think when you don't know kevin if you if you heard anything about him you might be a little bit intimidated to maybe approach him and have a visit and i and i couldn't disagree with that any more than uh, the experience that, you know, you just had with him and what I've oh, had with yeah. him the last few months, just a super, super guy um, and admired, you know, I guess we want to put it in perspective with the locker room at the PBR. Um, there's those guys that really truly care about everybody and want everybody to win. Well, if, if killer was a bull rider, that's, he'd be that guy, oh, you know, yeah. and that's, that's the role he played in the room and as a teammate, you know, and, and I've seen how these guys uh, uh, interact with their older teammates around a few of these functions we've had in Saskatoon, yeah. very respected, very respected guys. So cool. a real pleasure to have them on. Um, I, a unique guest and and I think there are visitors and listeners, regardless of what their passions are, um, you, you'll take something away from this pod. Definitely. Yeah. And like you said, I was a little bit nervous to even get on the, get on the call with him, just knowing his reputation and seeing his YouTube yeah, videos yeah. and like, this guy's a fucking animal, man. Like a fight anybody and just, just crazy, you know? And then all of a sudden we're tatting with him and he's just this big hearted, cool guy that has mellow great stories and and he talks about it how it's when he's on the ice he's a different he's a different person right yeah, it's totally that's part different, of the game and, totally different guy. yeah it's pretty cool so you get to see a different side of of killer that that i didn't know was there that I, that was really enjoyable to get to talk with them so so we'll get to that pretty soon and uh one thing we did talk about a little bit we're gonna have to get him back a little bit more on it though is um uh, the concussion side of things and 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 ended his career was was due to concussion syndromes and uh when January 9th, um, this this comes out on Thursday. So uh, January 9th, twenty seventeen was a was a life changer for all of us in the, in the Western lifestyle sports. Um, Ty Pazibon took his own life. Uh, was diagnosed with with CTE, and um, yeah, it's just uh, it's something that's still hard to talk about. Still feels like yesterday. This time of year always brings that up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the weather and everything. It's just it reminds you of of that day in, in 2017. So I uh, wanted to give a shout out to to Ty and and to uh, to his family and everybody's listening that that that, um, that knew Ty and and, and sees the Ty Posbon Foundation and what we're up to now and and keeping his legacy alive and um, you know. Uh, taking care of Western lifestyle participants inside and outside the arena. And, and that was because of Ty. So um, Ty, we miss you. We love you, brother. And, and I'm sure everybody listening here, if you want to go check it out, if you don't know the story, it's you can find it at typeosbon.com. But um, yeah, uh, when I started this podcast, I was, I was thinking along with Jason here, who, who would be the best, uh, 
co-host that I could go back and forth with and and have oh, arguments yeah. with and fuck around with and I, 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 I was I was sad instantly I was like oh my god like me and Ty yeah. that's, we, that was our life we just bickered went back and forth fought about everything and joked about everything and and uh, you would have been a perfect guy so I well, you would have been all over the map like our <laughs> listeners have been like okay we started talking about this halfway through we're talking about this jump back to that now we're over here in right field but let's let's bunt now and try to get a base hit. <laughs> You know, he'd have been yeah. everywhere. It'd have been, it'd have uh, been hilarious. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. So it's uh, yeah. This time of year, it's it's tough for everybody, and just know that that you know uh, all of us here at the NFP Podcast, Treaty Bull Riding, um, anybody needs to reach out or, or is feeling the troubles. I know it's been a crazy year. Um, you got people that love you. Uh, we're one of them. So reach out. Um, you know, talk to a friend. Talk to a neighbor. Um, try to try to stay as positive as we possibly can and in these crazy times and, and better days will come. So uh, once again, Ty, we miss you. We love you. Um, you know, everything we kind of do nowadays is, is for you and your memory and, uh, and uh, Leanne and Luke and everybody involved. Uh, we love you guys too. And, and all his friends and family. And um, we're thinking about you and we're all kind of, we're all in the same boat on this one. So uh, like I said, feel free to reach out and, and get her going, but Without further ado, uh, let's have some fun. Our buddy, Kevin Killer Kaminsky. Uh, we're going to go to that interview right now. Hope you guys enjoy. Our guest today, hailing from Churchbridge, Saskatchewan, Canada, drafted in the third round at 48th overall to the NHL, picking up 139 games played with the Minnesota North Stars, the Quebec Nordiques, and the Washington Capitals. Tallying numerous goals and assists throughout that time, along with 528 penalty minutes and a reputation as a man afraid of no one. Now standing as the coach of the LaRange Ice Wolves in the SGHL, as well as, well as a mental health advocate around the world, standing at 5'10", 190 pounds, the man known as Killer. Welcome to the show, Kevin Kaminsky. Killer, how are you today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, oh, it's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. Yes. How's uh, how's things in, in your world? Where are you at right now? Are you in LaRange right now getting ready for the season or, or is no season or where are you at? Well, no, in Saskatoon right now. I'm uh, just kind of uh, hanging out here, trying to keep up uh, with the hockey world. Thank God there's World Juniors on right now to, uh, uh, I guess, be not as bored to watch a few few games. Uh so, you know, get to go watch a couple of last games here today. But just, yeah, just kind of uh, uh, trying to uh, keep the guys, you know, the, the players uh, updated on what's happening and uh, uh, just kind of keep them um, informed. And, and hopefully we hear some good news on the 15th. Um, although there was... Uh, I guess a report on a radio show that uh, yesterday that uh, after the World Juniors that hockey uh, hockey Canada might be shutting down everything for the season. Yeah, that I thought that might be an, uh, a little premature uh, at this point. I know we're waiting to see what numbers look like following the holidays, but yeah, you and I text back and forth about that yesterday, Killer. That's that's just devastating to these young players that you know, have been patiently waiting to get back with their squads and, and their teammates. And, you know, that's, 
know, well, you grew up in Churchbridge, Saskatchewan, small town, just like all of us. That's what you grow up wanting to, to do is be a hockey player and to have that taken away from you. It's, it's, it's gotta be tough. Even for you as a coach, I know how passionate you are towards your players. Um, what are you doing to, you know, keep those kids positive right now? Like they're young men, you're, you're dealing with 17 to 20 year old uh, young men right now that, uh, you know, this is their life. It really is killer. I don't have to explain that to you. You went through it. So how, how have you shifted your role as a coach from behind the bench to mentoring these kids through these like, uncharted waters, so to speak? Like, we've never went through this before. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I kind of just keep them um, updated with text. I'm not technical savvy. I know, uh, I think Patty, my assistant, has been doing some uh, uh, Zoom workouts, whatever, or, or the guys have been doing that just to, you know, stay, stay in touch with each other. But I kind of just do some team text here and there, let them know kind of what's going on. Um, and if they have any questions, just, you know, please call me. Um, you know, I, I know some guys were kind of wondering if they can fly back on the 13th, 14th. I just said, you know what, let's just, just wait till, the 15th till, till we hear something. And then, then you're, you know, travel costs lots, uh, and plus you're, you know, uh, uh, you know, just, I, I guess I just being patient. I, I mean, yeah. you know, in LaRange, we have, we have the ice whenever we want it. So, uh, guys get there, you know, if they give us the, okay, um, on the 15th, then guys can get their, uh, 16th, 17th, 18th, whatever it is, we can do two a days. We'll get you in good shape. I can guarantee yeah, you yeah. that. Uh, well, so I know that's, I'll be staying in touch with you. That's real important. You, you, uh, you're gracious enough to take on a young player of mine, Nolan Allen from Davidson, who uh, actually is playing for Tanner's hometown team, the Raiders. And um, you did me a favor bringing him in and, and I know he's eager to get back. So I'm hoping when we're done zooming and, and podcasting that we're going to be able to communicate on getting these guys back in here in a couple of weeks. So that's gotta be uh, like, like you, uh, in both of your guys' opinions, um, that age level for a guy like Nolan and for all these guys, this is a this is a big year for so many guys, right? Where they could uh, hone their skills or help them get to the next level. Like, um, you know, killer would be like you not being able to to play uh, your AAA year or or play a year with the Blades. Do you think that that would have you know it might not have, but it sh- it all should play a little bit of a role on their their whole hockey career, right? losing a year or losing all this time of playing and, and people not being able to see them and being able to try to get to that next level? Well, definitely. And, you know, well, there's kind of two different aspects here with Nolan. You know, obviously he's in his draft year. Uh, he wants to get seen. And, uh, uh, you know, and I appreciate you guys, uh, you know, uh, contacting us and, and getting them here. Just it's, it's kind of been cool. You know, we only played five games, but uh, – you know, it's good to uh, see some of the scouts that have called you and say, hey, is no one playing here in Nipawin? They haven't made the track out to uh, LaRange, LaRange yet. Yes. Uh, but uh, I, I know the PA Raiders <laughs> draft uh, has made it up there. So, uh, that, that you know, that's kind of cool. And uh, to have a guy of that caliber and, uh, you know, it's not only uh, good for Nolan, but it's also for the rest of the team, too, to uh, – step up and uh you know see what they got but and and then on 
Nolan side with, you know, his draft year and uh, uh, trying to, you know, make, uh, get drafted as high as you can. And, and now that's kind of taken away from him. But then also on the other side of it for, especially our 20 year olds who uh, want to go to college, right. To uh, yeah. further their career to their next level uh, or their next step in their journey. Um you know, as, as a 20 year old, uh, and it happened last year too, uh, you know, fortunately we got to play a full season and, and for, uh, you know, uh, playoff games, but now, you know, if, if things don't go, things go sideways, um, you know, what these 20 year olds are going to be scrambling because, uh, yeah. you, know, you might only have <laughs> one, one school and it might be too expensive for them, you know? So, uh, they're, they're not getting the exposure where no one's getting the exposure uh, for, you know, Nolan for the NHL draft, but also the 20 year olds for whether it's uh, div, div one, div three, or here in Canada, U uh, sport, whatever yeah, it is. CIS. Yeah. It's, it's that all important scholarship that those kids work hard. The parents invest so much time and, and effort in getting them and money, obviously uh, to get the kids to the rink. So yeah, it's it's shitty times, um, but you know what? We're uh, we're Western Canadians. Uh, we don't have to explain uh, what kind of breed we are, how tough we are. I think we got the toughest guy, maybe ever played the game pound for pound uh, on our podcast today. So um, enough business. Let's get to some of the fun <laughs> stuff. Here, yeah, that's so, good. Growing up in Churchbridge, uh, let our audience know here, Kevin. You know, who you grew up with up there? What kind of players um, were your role models within, you know, 30, 40 miles of where you grew up? It's quite a little spot in a hockey, in a professional hockey factory up there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know what? It's so funny. I mean, my dad coached the senior team. He coached my brother. He coached me too. Um, um, you know, and I'm sure we'll get to uh, the scout uh, for the Blades, uh, Huey Scobie, um, mm -hmm. who was a big mentor. Uh, you know, in my career, um, uh, you know, we got, uh, you know, Bruce Baskin right from my hometown who uh, played with the Portland Winter Hawks. Um, and we, we had some very, very talented uh, players from, from Churchbridge, uh, Gene Dom and Rob Dom. Uh, Rob Dom, you know, was coached in the NHL. Uh, you know, he coached uh, the Alberta Golden Bears uh, to many championships I think he's over in Australia now coaching. Mm -hmm. um, but Gene Dom was, you know, and, and Gene Dom coached me, but uh, he played for the Melbourne Millionaires. And, and man, he, I think, you know, he was six foot four. He, you know, he could shoot the puck. And, and if you pissed him off, he'd kill you. Uh, you know, just, uh, you know, unfortunate. He said he, he, he didn't have that desire to, to go on and, and, and play, right. you know, so, um, but, but the, and, and uh, you know, and until this day, I still tape my my stick like Gene Dom. Uh, uh, yeah. So those, uh, you know, when my dad was coaching the senior team, I looked I looked up to those guys for sure. You know? Senior uh, yeah. hockey back in those days, killer. You know, well, where I grew up in Asquith, we had in one year we had Ralphie Clawson and Jerome Engel out there. You know, two NHL veterans playing on that senior team. It was. Yeah, that was real hockey back then. It was you could fight three times in a game before you got thrown out. I remember going to watch, and a lot of those guys did go three times a game. 
And then they had to take, <laughs> go for a cigarette and a shower in the dressing room. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, there's another. I, I when I was with Quebec, I played with uh, when Guy Lafleur made his comeback there. I played with Guy. Oh, and wow. In between periods, he'd go outside uh, in the Quebec Coliseum and uh, have his have a dart. And so hey, yeah, he- have a dart. So. What do you, oh, what do you have on the bench? Shoot. Yeah, what do you smoke on the bench? <laughs> Maybe he did, yeah. <laughs> I, for, I figured D would be uh, have enough celebrity status that uh, he may be, may be able to smoke right in the dressing room. Well, you know what? It was just, just outside the dressing room. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was, it was like right there. So it was – but, yeah, I mean, uh, he's a legend and uh, obviously do – Do whatever the fuck you want when you're at that level. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. When you're gee. When you got yeah. hair like that, you got to do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, well, especially in, in the – in the province of Quebec, right? So yeah, yeah. isn't that the truth? Uh, wow. We we've been out there a few times for some PBR events and a festival out at Saint T Quebec, and it is uh, you yeah. said it, especially in a province like Quebec, things are different. You get yep. to get away with a few more things, that's for sure. But when, you, when you're the flower, you can get away with lots. Yeah, of things. yeah. So when you were uh, growing up, I know you would have been playing hockey, and I, I want to make sure I get my age groups correct. Um, did you? play against the the Clark boys and and Kelly Chase um and where was Barry Melrose in those days those are all some significant National Hockey League names so um did you cross paths with those with those guys growing up and playing for sure well Barry was a little bit older um you know and just well I'll get to get to my neighborhood there or or right around there so there was Theo Fleury who played you know obviously uh he was like a year old or so um, and we didn't play Russell very much like the Manitoba because we were in our own in Saskatchewan. But I, you know, played uh, my brother played mostly against him. But anyway, we had well, Kelly Buckberger, 10 miles down the road in Langenberg. Yeah. Um, Jeff Odger, just you know, take yeah. a right and take a right uh, at Langenberg and go to Spy Hill. Yeah. Um, and actually, uh, we picked up Jeff, uh, I think a few times for provincials. We went on to win provincials with uh, Jeff, so played against him. Lots and still good buddies. Actually, I had him and uh, Curtis Lecician, a couple uh, ex Blade Triple Image Blazers, up last year in Larange for the family day. Oh, um, nice! Cool. Yeah, we told some. Uh, had some, or they had some really good stories about uh, about that. So, uh, well, well com- coming up, coming up in a minute, I got a couple pretty good stories that I actually reached out to Curtis uh, yesterday on. So we'll leave them here a little later on. Though. <laughs> okay, <Yeah>. perfect. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, Pat Falloon, um, who else is around there? Well, Eddie Sawatsky, uh, who went on to have a great year, a great career in Denver College, and then he went overseas and played lots. Um, yeah, so, I mean, there was, you know, there, there was lots, lots around that uh, time and era when uh, guys went on to play, you know, whether it was AHL or, yep. or, or NHL, but uh, back to uh, the Kelvington area. Uh, like I said, Barry was a little bit older, so. Yep. Uh, but we, I remember um, you know, playing with the Blades. He was coaching with Medicine Hat, uh, and, and we would go. You know, he would have his hockey school in Kelvington in the summer, so I would go up to uh, work that. Uh, you know, I think I can't remember for what well, week long or two weeks, whatever it was. I was there working it, so I, I did get to play with Wendell. Uh, I got called up five games, I think, when I was a fifteen. Your year first old. year, yeah. And uh, played with Wendell. So I got, so that was, um, that's kind of, you know, 
my, my style of play, I looked at uh, my two idols were uh, Brian Trotche and, and Wendell Clark. And I tried to, you know, uh, be the best two-way centerman, uh, you know, I could, I could be everywhere I went. I always looked, uh, I always considered myself a 200-foot player, but also uh, to play that style where you put up points and, uh, and you played that other side of the game, uh, which I liked uh, quite a bit as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, we played with, uh, you know, in, in Saskatoon, played with Kelly Chase, uh, Kerry Clark, Corey Kosher. Uh, oh, some and, tough boys. Yeah, some really, was, really tough boys right there. Was the Twister around at that time too? And Twister was around there too. So, I mean, yeah, Holy shit. Yeah. That was, uh, like this, think about that. Oh, my how God. Would you, no. And I know Tanner wants to touch on this, but how is that Prince Albert Raider – Saskatoon blade rivalry back in the late eighties when you were there killer. And who were the tough guys on the other side in the green? Well, gosh, I mean, uh, early on, I was there, I think, uh, I think one of the, the, I fought Dave Manson when I was 15 for one of the games that got called up to go to Prince Albert. Right. So, uh, <laughs> how, did, how did that go? How did that go? Thank uh, you. know, actually it went good. Thank you. know, but I had to wear, wear a cage. So, cage. Uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. I couldn't uh, take my cage. If I, if I could have taken off, I'm sure I would have, but probably a good thing I didn't. So, but yeah, hung in there. And, uh, you know, you know, when you're 15 and you, and you get called up, you want to do whatever you can to uh, show your teammates and show uh, the yeah. plate brass or whatever brass you're, uh, you know, on that, uh, Hey, you, you want to show you're going to go to war for your teammates and do whatever it takes to, uh, to stay there. So, uh, you know, I, after after I did fight uh, uh, Dave, I mean, uh, the boys loved it, um, you know, so it was uh, and the coaches loved it. Uh, but they, you know, coaches said, hey, we got guys for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but I but I just I love that part of the game uh, probably a little too much. But uh, it always I always um, I love that challenge to fight uh, the bigger guys as well. Well, in that year that you got called up for your five games, um, I think it's still a record today. And, and I want to make sure our audience understands it wasn't all about just fighting for Kevin Kaminsky. Um, you, you were a skilled guy. And Curtis LeCision, uh, we were texting back and forth. Um, I let him know that you're going to be a guest on here today. And, and he said you had some, you know, you had when the gloves were off, you had some deadly mitts. And when the gloves were on, you had some silky mitts is what he said. I think it's still a record today, 103 points in 32 games with the Blazers, triple-A midget, you know, and, and any standard, any year, that's, that's damn impressive. So um, I, I want to ask, was that part of the game in you, do you think, right when you laced up the skates as, as a young guy in Churchbridge, did you like the physical side of the game right off the bat? I did. I did, yeah. I mean, I remember Gene Dom. Would, he always uh, to start practice. We play play five minutes of with one puck keep away, and uh, <laughs> I would just kind of if I didn't have the puck, I kind of sit in the weeds and uh, kind of anticipate. Uh, you know, you're trying to dangle, and a guy has his head down, anticipate that big hit, and and uh, especially with, especially had some of the the bigger guys on the team that try and uh, put them on their put them on their arse. So yeah, yeah, so, I always love that. After schools in Churchbridge, before you come in to play your AAA midget, was the rink kind of like the spot? Was there an outdoor rink in Churchbridge, or did everybody go to the to the barn, uh, which is obviously named after you now? I know you're real proud of that. 
Um, but is that where you guys hung up? You know, there was no Atari or ColecoVision like today's kids probably. Eh? You were to the rink. Right. Well, yeah, and, but you know what? Back then it was, uh, it was busy. Um, I mean, we had, I think we had a lot of divisions, whether Pee Wee or I guess Tom Thumb back then. Yeah. Uh, Bantam, Midget. There was a lot of uh, times where there was divided into two teams. So, and, and I think right after school, I mean, we go to the rink and, and get ready, but the figure skaters would have the ice first uh, right after school. And then, uh, you know, everyone would get their practice time. I, and I, it was probably, uh, it was Tuesday and Thursday, I believe everyone would get their practice time. Um, and then set, uh, usually some games would be played on Wednesday and then the weekends, obviously. But, uh, you know, and I was fortunate. I got to uh, usually practice with my brother's team. Uh, so I would go, you know, right after whatever if I was on oh, yeah, I remember the days when you got to play up you remember how cool that was when you got to play up with the older kids when you got a call up you know you thought that all right I'm gonna make this you know I can play with the older kids I'm NHL bound so well, I, I remember uh, I remember the one year we uh, I you know I got called up actually it was in uh, uh, there's a guy in Larange, uh Perry and uh uh, he works at the co-op and he was telling me he, re he still remembers this. And uh, <laughs> they, they came, Davidson came to church, but I think they beat us four to three. I didn't play that game. Uh, Cause I was, I had to get, I think I could only play five games for a call up for provincials. And uh, we went to Davidson and uh, uh, we, we, we had a really good game, but he says, I remember you coming into Davidson and uh, to this day, he said, you had like, four goals and three assists. You beat us like eight to two or something. And you guys went on to win provincial champions. That, that was with my brother's team, the older seven team. point night, seven point night. That's I, I believe up. so. Yeah. That's an AP. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's... So that, but that year, that year, I, we, you know, as I, that was Bantam and we won provincials uh, as Pee Wees too. So I won two provincial championships uh, in church oh, wow. that year. Yeah. That's awesome. So, I can tell by that grin on your face, those are fond, fond memories. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah a guy cool. that got to, uh, um, you know, you said you weren't expected to be drafted. And, and I, I could, I, you know, and I, I can somewhat imagine how, how exciting that was for you when you had your name called. I get to share that experience with, with some young guys. And it is, it's, it's unreal when you're sitting with them in one of those arenas and they call their name. Um, but I, I wasn't, I wasn't weren't at the draft, eh? I didn't even go to the draft. No. Right. So were you sitting at home? You couldn't be watching the internet like the kids do today. How did you find out? Well, actually, you know what? Uh, I said, uh, so I, I love ball too. So um, uh, my, my billet who I was living with uh, at the time, Jim and Joanne Johnston, uh, Jim coach, he was like a Reg Dunlop uh, in, in uh, softball. Reg Dunlop. I love it. <laughs> he was uh, <laughs> Uh, coach, uh, manager, player, second baseman. So, yeah. um, uh, so he got me out to start playing fastball, and uh, and actually, uh, I, I did end up. Uh, I loved it. Fastball was great. Uh, I actually ended up got I got called up to uh, with the Rempel brothers and went to play yeah. Canadians, play Canadians uh, in Prince Edward Island that one year. But uh, anyway, going back, um, we were actually so. My my agent Don Meehan, uh at the time he because uh, I can't remember and I still don't know I could only go in the first three rounds that year there was some 
stipulation they put in. So Don said, uh, I probably wasn't going to, you'd go, but I probably wouldn't go in the first three rounds. So I just stayed home and, uh, we, had, we were playing in a ball tournament in Regina and, um, it was me, Brian Glenn and Kevin Blosky, uh, drove up together and, uh, Brian Glenn, big D man for the blades. eh? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember. He was, uh, he was tough too. when uh, when he needed to be, I'll tell you that. And he had a cannon for a shot and, uh, actually I got to see him up in LaRange. He, uh, uh, I think his wife, Cindy, uh, nephew came to our camp. Uh, oh, good. Nice. They, they had brought him, but, uh, but yeah, we, we, I think we played like 11 o'clock game. And, uh, after the game, we're sitting in the parking lot, you know, having a beer or whatever. And, uh, and then we're, well, let's go to the hotel, check in and get a bite to eat. And on our way to the hotel, um, the radio came on. And uh, so now drafted from, you know, uh, the, from the WHL in a draft, you know, so-and-so in the first round, second round. And now from uh, in the third round, uh, 48th overall to the Minnesota North Stars from the Saskatoon Blades, Kevin Kaminsky. And I kind of like, <laughs> I, I didn't know what to do, right? Like, I didn't know if it was a mistake or whatever. And big Brian Glenn turns over and punches me in the shoulder. He says, killer, you just got drafted. <laughs> Yes, I did. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, so but how how has time changed? You know, you had to get it on the radio, and if you wouldn't have been in the car, you might not have known for another couple three hours because no one would have been able to get a hold of you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, no one really. I think mom and dad knew I was going to play in a ball tournament, but they didn't know what hotel, what hotel we or yeah, staying at to actually. Uh, and then Lou Nanny called the house to you know talk to mom and dad and wanted to talk to me so I don't know they mom and dad found out where I were and uh, ended up uh, Lou Nanny called me uh, at the hotel so no oh, that's awesome that is awesome yeah so a little 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 uh, little different uh, draft day than than normal so <laughs> well no kidding and sometimes especially in these times I wish it was more like that where we listen to the radio more for information um, boy you must have the transition from playing with the technology to coaching now and how the kids spend, you know, their off ice time, it must just make you scratch your head. I would have to think that it's just, it's nowhere near even in my generation, what we were doing. Like oh Tanner doesn't know any different. He grew up in this, in this era. Oh no, it's a lot different even for me. Like I'm 28 now. So even like, you know, you look at all the kids now and, and even like the NHL, the different players and the different technology that's involved. Like, I don't think I got an iPad till I was fucking till I could buy my own at 25 or something, you know, yeah. and they all got them behind the benches and that's, you know, the main, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. It's yeah, it like in the last probably five to 10 years, I would say the game has has went through the roof and all that sense. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I know. Well, G Galen Patterson, I think what he's 30 now or something. So he, I mean, he's, he's, he's great with technology. So, you know, your assistant, he's Galen's assistant coach in, in LaRange. Okay. Yeah, he, yep. he has, and I know what we got the, I think the Instat now, which they do everything for you. They, you know, so Patty, Patty uh, gives them the, sends them the game and they can go on and watch all their shifts, you know, just their shifts. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so it's just uh, you know you got the power play, penalty kill, all ready to roll. I mean, so it's 
I, you know, uh, during the game, I still have my, you know, I still write down if I see a D zone coverage or a four check where I think we got to look at to see whether it was a good, you know, good one. Or I, I try and do a couple good ones and a couple not so good ones to where we can correct it, you know, and what mm -hmm. we can do better, uh, whether it's in the neutral zone, D zone coverage, power, you know, power play, penalty kill, that kind of stuff. So yeah. Yeah, the technology is crazy because I'll tell you what, when I first got into coaching, and my first job with Mike Babcock in the American Hockey League in Cincinnati. Guess what I was doing, Tanner? What? I was dubbing from VCR to VCR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, and I tell you what, the one uh, day, uh, the one day we went in to do video, and, and for some reason, I, and I didn't check it. I thought it was good, and it was freaking all, like, blurry. Yeah. Well, we got back into the coach's office, and a man did Mike Babcock <laughs> rip me a new one, man. Uh, but, hey, did Babcock ever? Um, did he ever coach you? No, no, no. What's your What are your thoughts on? Like, obviously, you worked with him and hired him, but there's, uh, you know, obviously in the news, all of his escapades and everything that's been going on this last little while. Do you think he'll ever coach again in the NHL, or where do you think he'll go? Oh, for sure. For sure. You know what? It was, it was kind of, uh, kind of the last couple of years, I don't know, with me changing numbers and all that stuff, lost his number. And, uh, and this summer I was very fortunate, uh, Barry Trotz, uh, who coached us in Portland, Maine, uh, with the Washington Capitals farm team. We would won the Calder cup with him in 94, but, uh, I, I called Trotzy uh, this summer and we've got talk and he says, Hey, says we got this it's called the coach's corner and uh or coach's coffee and uh he got me on and it was it was awesome it was you know babcock was there all the college coaches you got hall of famers uh, scotty bowman um uh, ken hitchcock i mean all, oh, yeah. all all the nhl coaches i mean it was yeah. It was absolutely fantastic. You know, we did that. Uh, it was three times a week. Then it went to two, and and all that. So it was so it was good to get reacquainted with uh, with all those coaches again. And uh, and and uh, you know, Mike Babcock actually called me right after one of the sessions, and we kind of got uh, caught up, got hooked up again. So that was awesome. Oh, cool. Right on. Going back to your uh, going back to your your video and your VCRs, switching back and forth, and the kids and their iPads, they can watch every shift. There's not as much fighting anymore in the league, but do you think if they had those iPads that the, all the kids would fucking be honed in on the Domi fight with you and Junior? Yeah, I thought, you know what, uh, that fight uh, still uh, still pretty iconic, I guess, because yeah. I, you know what was funny? I had put something on, uh, well, Alana put something on, on sale and uh, a guy came over yesterday to buy it and he he like come in the door, he had his face mask on and he says, Hey, you're Kevin Kaminsky. You know, he had season tickets for the longest time with the blades. And that was the first thing he said, I remember the Ty Domi fight in yeah. the Memorial <laughs> Cup, you know? So, so yeah, it was, uh, uh, I, I know like even, uh, Dave Struce, who we played with and, you know, he's coaches in Regina. Now his brother, uh, lives out in Calgary. He, he always messaged me once in a while. He says, man, I still love that. That's the best fight ever. And, uh, yeah. So, you know, whenever, you know, it's been a while, uh, you know, coming back to Saskatoon because I was, you know, in the States for 27 years. And, um, you know, when I came back for 
the Memorial Cup in 2013. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they did a video. So I just watched that of you. Walking around the concourse and, uh, you know, and, and I think we had some uh, signings we did. Uh, so I was here the whole two weeks, whatever, however long it was. And, and you know, again, the, the, the older people, you know, still remember uh, uh, that fight today. I mean, obviously it was uh, – you know, uh, losing overtime sucked, but uh, yeah, you know, Swift uh, Current, correct? Swift yeah. Current Broncos. Joe Sack, Joe Sackick was on the other side too, was he? Actually, not? Joe, Joe, Joe was in uh, Quebec. I was actually uh, Curtis, Curtis and Joe made Quebec that year. So, um, so yeah, they weren't. Oh, they'd already uh, moved on. Yeah, so we well, we were supposed to get uh, Twister back, Curtis back, Tim Shevelday back. Um, and there was someone else, and and they all made uh, their NHL clubs, NHL teams. So who was the who were the studs on on Swift Current side? Well, that was Joe's brother Brian Kennedy. Okay, did okay. Did, yeah. did Sackick score a big? Did Brian score a big goal in that game? Uh, that was I think that was Soberlack who uh, the OT goal. The OT goal. Okay. Yeah, and I was, I was at the game. I was at the game. I don't know what 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 year is that? Eighty nine. Yeah. 89. So what would that make? Yeah. 16. I was okay. 16. I remember being at that game and yeah, it just the, what an atmosphere and, oh and my God. it was SAS place back at that time. Yeah. And they still had that one end wide open though. You know how right. it was just concrete. It was, but it was jammed in oh and the gosh, people yeah. were into it. 12,000. I mean, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was outstanding. I mean, obviously it would have been, feather in the cap to to win it all for for the fans of Saskatoon you know they've uh, uh never won you know and, yep. and even even the two years before and this is we'll get back to uh Barry Melrose with you know we lost the medicine hat uh both years to go to to go on to the finals um against the uh, the other division and um so whenever we would go watch uh, or, or go to Barry's uh, hockey school in Kelvington, he would, you know, so we had Kelly Chase and Kerry Clark and Coy Kosher and me. He'd always just give it. Rub it in. Rub it in for sure. Well, for our viewers that are just listening here, um, you, you can Google Kevin Killer Kaminsky's helmet. It's a white CCM helmet. <laughs> that uh, you can, you can uh, view on, on Google. And it looks like, uh, well, I'm going to ask you um, what you did to make it look like it did. And, and tell us how is a guy, like, what did it do to a guy's hands when they hit that helmet? Like that, that, that should be, that almost should be considered in the same category as a, as a nine millimeter when you're wearing that, cause it's a lethal deadly weapon. Yeah. You know what I was, uh, I can't remember where I heard it from. And, um, I think I did it, uh, uh when I was in Halifax, uh, uh, starting my, uh, pro pro career, um, just took a, took a scalpel to it and just made some little, uh, incisions in it i guess and uh incisions. uh peeled uh, peeled the plastic back and uh uh they're they're all in today you know like there's they're not sticking out uh but you know it was just uh one of those things like it was i, I mean there's so many different things that fighters did right right i mean if you knew you were going to fight we'd put the skin toughener on our knuckles right 
Yeah. Just spray it on. Yeah. Spray it on and it would yeah. grab your skin and kind of rip you open, right? I yeah. mean, I don't fighters, uh, Twister, I, I won't mention names, but uh, he, <laughs> he used to cut his sleeve, right? He used to, because everyone tried to grab his right arm because he threw so hard and so heavy from downtown. He would just loosen, like, politely uh, sew it back up. So when guys grab it, it would just rip, then his yeah. arm arm would be free, you know? I mean, uh, no tie downs, you know, Rob Ray. Yeah, right? Rob Ray. I was going to say that with the fucking the losing the shoulder pads and 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 I ended up off. yeah I ended up doing that too. Um, really? My my you know I had I used to wear my shoulders always you know uh, were not the best, but I always wore the Donzi pads and they would kind of just if guys would tug. I mean they were it was like they were sewing into my jersey and the jersey and shoulder pads would just just went come right off. You know. Yeah. Um, so you know it was just like. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't. You you probably seen some of the comments on uh, with the at hockey Baduk, whatever, with uh, with the helmet. Uh, just you know, some guys thought it was awesome that <laughs> you know that you had you know just just the uh, just uh, to you know to whatever it takes to win, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Attitude and and you know some like I said, there's there's guys who who did a lot to, a lot of other things and. Um, some guys didn't think, you know, coward and all that stuff. Well, you know what? I mean, if you're fighting, uh, you know, what's the difference uh, with a guy with the windwell helmet and he's got the two screws, you know, st- sticking out yeah. a little bit. Some guys, some guys would put the screws the other way. Oh, uh, you know, yeah. so, so yeah, I mean, so like I said, I mean, uh, uh, you know, like well, I, I think, I think that helmet should be in the hall of fame killer. That's me. Um, if, I agree if with I you. Ever, if I ever get a voice, I'm that would be my suggestion that that helmet should go into the Hall of Fame, and I encourage everybody to Google it and have a look so they know what we're talking about because it hurts looking at it. Like to even think about throwing a punch at that, that that just. Why well, I, I know early again, on in my career, I, I kind of um, you know I, I'd stand in there and 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 go toe to toe. I mean, later on in my career, I try to try and be a little more. Uh, finesse well you know i would try and duck sometimes so structure some more structure <laughs> to your fight uh, <laughs> you know and then you're fighting fighting guys that are you know six six and and you know, bob probert six eight i mean uh, yeah don't leave out bob probert don't yeah, leave out fuck. proby and probably yeah i mean uh you know that's uh you know just just those guys that uh, you, you know you're gonna take punches because you know you're most likely not gonna be able to put those guys down right uh, yeah so you hopefully you stand in there and hopefully uh, you duck at the right time. But if not, then uh, hopefully their hands hurt and then you can get the upper, uh, uh, the upper whatever uh, on the way down or something. So yeah. Well, I never doubted the fact that you had balls killer, and then you told us that you went Dave Manson when you were fifteen. Like that's 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 deep, man. That's ballsy right there. So how old would Dave have been in that? that year would he have been two years older than you i i yeah i, th- I think it might have been his last year so three years maybe yeah yeah wow two or three for sure that's pretty we cool. know dave dave was no slouch he, he has his nickname was charlie manson so you got a charlie manson and a killer going yeah <laughs> yeah and you, and you well you know and the, and uh and the, this is this, and this is what what brings us together as 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 hockey people and players and fans that uh you know 
last year uh, I got to coach his son Ben yeah. uh, in, in yeah. the Rons, you know so it's just uh, you know he came up uh, for a golf tournament and uh, you know so got to meet him and his wife and yeah I mean it's all it's all good when when you're on the ice I, I mean uh, to me you know here's here's two different two different people I, I hated everybody right I hated everybody Kerry Clark on the other side before games, he would go talk to the tough guy and he would fight him twice. No way, huh? That's that's just the way Sharky was, man. Like he, yeah. he he knew his role, he knew his job, and if he had to fight his best friend, he'd do it, right? <laughs> For me, I, I didn't care who it was. Um, you know, if you're gonna take liberties on a, one of our better players, or if I need to change the momentum, I'm 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 gonna be there for my teammates, you know. So so there's two different perspectives that I just, I was so focused and I just, like I said, I'll do anything to win. Yeah. Well, do you, re- do you remember a time uh, when you're playing uh, midget with Curtis Lasician? Um, he said you weren't scared to run a goalie at any time. And uh, he's. Uh-huh. Came out to play the puck. Do you recall that? Against our uh, crosstown rivals, the contest. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's made, right. Made that rivalry a little bit, a uh, little bit more hotter, I guess. Uh, what about? Uh, do you remember a goalie uh, um, named Kenton Ryan and playing in the old arena? Yes. Yes. Yeah. What so happened there? Go to the first one, right? So I was, like I said, I was taught by some very good people, uh, including my dad, and I was always told to take the body and. Uh, you know, it was a race before the puck and it was just inside the blue line. And, um, he got there, got there first. And I just said, screw it. And I just, uh, decided to take the body and it was, uh, he was out cold and his heart fail. And, uh, and then I, I think, you know, obviously, uh, some guys came to his rescue and, uh, and that stuff. So, uh, but yeah, like I said, uh, um, I think I've made that made that crosstown rival uh, a lot more uh, of a rivalry. Yeah, yeah a bigger yeah. bigger rival than it was. Uh, yeah, and then then to Kenton Ryan. Uh, so yeah, that was back in the old barn, and it was in the second period. So uh, we were down by where the Zamboni comes out. Our you know I think Tim Chevrolet was playing, and so what happened was. Twister and uh, Darren Kimball uh, squared off, right? And uh, oh, you imagine I, watching that? Damn. Oh, I mean, it was yeah. <laughs> and then I was midget. going back. This is midget. Yeah. No, this is this midget. Uh, this is this is WHL. This is WHL. This okay. Plays yeah. now, yeah. And I was going. So you know, when a fight, you go back to the bench, right? So as I was coming back to the bench, Kenton, the puck went down to the to their end, right? And he sh- he ended up shooting it at me. So Wrong I didn't move. move. I said, Wrong move. You? <laughs> so I went down there, right? So everybody, the PA Raiders bench is closest to the fight, right? So yeah. They're all watching, you know, every and all benches are both there, all standing up, right? And they're all watching the Twister and uh, Kimby fight. And, uh, and so after Kenton Ryan shoots the puck, I go down there and I grab him and I pull him into the close corner where the benches are so no one can see and I just start teeing <laughs> off on him like, oh, I'm <laughs> on and, and everyone watching the fight except for the people in the corner on the on the other end of the the old rink 
Uh, That's what Curtis said. You pulled him into the corner where no one could see you tune him. He yeah. said you beat the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. I, I was uh, um, a guy bought uh, a killer hoodie this summer, and I went over to his place and and we were because he used to go to the games all the time, and it was funny. He brought that he brought that story up uh, when we were sitting in the you know talking in his garage, and um, he uh, he says, you know, I was at that game. And I was dating Kenton Ryan's sister. And uh, so he was, he, you know, she was pissed and he was laughing. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, 3,772 PIMs from your last year of, I, and my, my math might be off just a little bit, but to get the, to get the gist of it and put it in perspective, 3,772 PIMs from, uh, 85 86 till you retired uh from pro hockey you spent uh 63 hours in the penalty box do you do you regret one minute of that killer you know what i i I don't um you know and it's so funny because i my my old linemate uh jack bocus who recently passed away due to cancer and he was uh i got kind of really we kind of got back together again because he was uh coaching with the uh, or uh, he kind of ran the la junior kings program and uh <laughs> when i got the job in fresno uh in california and he ran a cali camp for junior kids right to go yeah, get exposure uh whether it was bchl or na3 where i was coaching or the western states hawk whatever it was so we kind of, you know, I would go visit him. Even, even I would go down there just to visit and play some golf with him. And we would reminisce because, I, well, we had a hell of a line back then and with the blades. I mean, had Grant Kachuk and Jack Bocas. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we did a really good uh, job of putting good numbers up. But he, he would always, says Killer, he says, if you would have just played the game, uh, he said, you would have had just as many points as Sackett did because that's how good our line was. But he says, I know. Well, when you're when you're sitting in the penalty box for half the game, you just got to work with the averages, right, Killer? Like, right. Well, yeah. That's a true story. You look at your numbers, uh, 92-93 in the American Hockey League with 79 games with Halifax, you had 64 points, 27 being goals. Here, here's the staggering number, 345 minutes and pimps like that's epic numbers uh all the way across um and i think that was really what paved your way to get um probably after that season as if you look on hockey db or elite that's when you started getting all your games i think that's when the when the big club obviously the caps recognized what they had with you as a player and from what i get from from curtis lasician what you were to the guys as a teammate and um, I've only got the, you know, had the pleasure to visit with you, you know, a handful of times here this last little bit. And, uh, I can really see that, um, that you really cared about your teammates. And I really see that with, uh, you know, how you've transitioned into the coaching and what Nolan's told me and how much he really enjoyed his time in, in La Ranch. Um, and on that, I just want to, you know, and this might be a tough question. I'm going to put you on the spot with this. But uh, who, who do you think in your time was the best player you played with that never got a shot? 
whether it be the clutch and grab game and the guy was too small or, you know, how the games evolved um, to today with the speed, but who do you look back on and think, you know what, that guy should have played 500, 700 games in the NHL. Mm. God, that's a good question. Um, trying to think back through, uh, because I know in I know in Quebec I think quite a few guys you know they they weren't the best then um, you know they started getting they were good before started getting good before well they made the big trade obviously yeah with Lindros, right so yeah uh, then they moved to Colorado and then obviously that year they won the cup with while well, Curtis was there right so and that, mm-hmm. that's when I got to, they got Quebec got rid of uh, the riffraff uh, and, and went to uh, Colorado and won the cup. And I, that's when I got traded to Washington. So they got rid of said rid of the dead weight and uh, they went on to win the cup. So, Why did Lindros not want to go there? What was, what's the story behind that? You know? Well, just a baby. Really? Yeah. Cause I, I didn't know about parents, that until a while back. Parents were involved and uh, you know, buddy, you know what the crazy thing is, is that, uh, you know, and, and I don't know, you hate to look at this, but I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think it's a privilege to play play the game, and, and I don't give a shit what NHL team. You know, my, my favorite team was the Islanders. I would have loved to play for them, but I I, I went wherever I – Oh, yeah. Fuck. Where You know, you, you go yeah. wherever you're supposed to go or drafted to or or whatever. I mean, you're, you're not bigger than the game, but – At any level, killer. At I, any I, level. I agree. I agree you know? 100%. And, and then you look at, uh, hey, Eric Eric had a hell of a career, man. Don't get me wrong, but he never did, ever did win a cup. Yeah. Um, you know what? If he would have went to Quebec and, you know, uh, hey, you know what? Go there. Try it for sure, you know. And uh, if it doesn't work out, you know, don't don't sign your – play your three years entry-level contract and then say, hey, I want out or, or whatever. But anyway, I mean – uh, he, you know, they, they make that trade and they go on to win a cup and, uh, you know, uh, Philadelphia never, ever did. So yeah, it worked out for them. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Wow. Yeah. Well, now back to that question. I'm just trying to think who. I know that's a tough one. I probably should have give you this yesterday to think about it for a bit. I didn't mean to put you on the spot because I have another question that might be easier. The Mike, I know guy, the toughest like, guy you ever fought. Well, well, you know what? Like, so that that year when I got traded to Washington and we played, uh, um, you know, we won the cup that year. You know, so I mean, you can look at my numbers in Portland too. Um, you know, I I, I think at, even after the Calder Cup, I think it was the lockout. I went down and I was over a point a game. Yeah, thirty-five points in thirty-four games, and and here's even a better number: two hundred and ninety-two pims in thirty-four games. I, was, <laughs> I didn't get the three hundred. <laughs> uh, well, I, that's I think, a lot of time in the box. No, I, I think even with that, with the in in Halifax there, the sixty-four points game. I think I played, or in um, yeah, in Halifax, or or was it? Uh, was it Fort Wayne? It was Fort Wayne. And and I played some games, I think seven games with Halifax. I think I ended up yep. with uh, 455 PIMS in 56 games and in Fort Wayne and 40, right? so, 44 minutes in seven games. So I was one, one, one minute, uh, <laughs> one minute shy of 500 uh, for the year. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So that still pisses me off. 
<laughs> one minute shy of 500 on the year. Um, but yeah, no, like I said, I, uh, that, that year in, uh, you know, and I look at, you know, and, and I think, uh, this is where kind of Curtis talks about, uh, kind of being the team guy, you know, I could have bitched and complained. Like I could have told Barry Trotz, well, look at my numbers. Why, why aren't I on the first line? I, I think I deserve to be on the first line, you know, but we had Jeff Nelson, and then this, and then the next guy, and Jeff, Jeff played, you know, he was a first rounder. He's from Prince Albert. Uh, and actually the, and his brother Todd Nelson were, were on that team. We won the Calder cup, but you know, we had Michelle, I think they, it was Michelle Picard, Jeff Nelson and Mike Boback. And, and that, that's the guy, though, though, Picard and Boback are probably the two guys that I thought that man, like with the skill they had and everything else that never, ever did. Maybe Play. Picard did. Uh, but never ever did get uh, an opportunity to, uh, to to play in the NHL, and and even that year, right? So we we had um, Andrew Brunette, who went on to play a thousand games, over a thousand games in the NHL, and you can look at his numbers. I mean, he never even played a game in uh, in, in the Cup time. Yeah, so wow. We, we had Sergey Gonchar, I think, played three games. Jason Allison, which I think oh, well. you heard his name a few times yeah. last night. Uh, you know, I think uh, Dylan Cousins just passed him or tied him for points uh, in the World Juniors. Um, who else? Yeah, I mean, Andrew Burnett never played. Yeah, like we had – like we were stacked. I mean, our two goalies were Ole Kolzig and Byron Defoe. And, uh, Byron, <laughs> Only the goalie. Byron never even got, got a game in playoffs. Ole, Ole was our MVP, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's shift her up to the toughest guy. Well, it's either. uh, I mean, I I think there's so many tough guys out there. Uh, You know, you got uh, Marchment and Churla and uh, the list goes, you know, uh, Rob Ray, the list goes on and on. But uh, obviously, and I'll tell you the story about uh, Proby. Uh, pro, I think yeah, Probert's the toughest in yeah. uh, that. I mean, I did fight Ty again in the NHL. Um, t- the one thing with Ty, you can't hurt him. Great. You can't hurt him. I, I mean, even even the fight in uh, in Saskatoon here, I, I did buckle him. But, man, that guy's got a rock-hard head, man. I mean, he can, <laughs> he can take about – well, you know, stand there or take about five, six punches, laugh at you, and then he turns and smiles and he starts throwing. um and you know and you know what the coolest thing was is back in 2013 right so ty goes his way i go my way we play against each other in 2013 like i said i was back here for the thing while ty was here right so yeah this boy would have been playing max would have been playing in the tournament yeah been playing right so um my old roommate dean holine uh we're i'm i'm standing we're at we're at hudson's and I'm the, I'm with my cousin and his girlfriend, and uh, all of a sudden Dino comes over, and Dino's a character man. He's <laughs> he's he's freaking hilarious, and he comes over and he goes, "Killer, look who I found!" And here it's Ty Domi. So <laughs> for me, and so it ended up, you know, we talked and we ended up exchanging numbers, and we we kind of become best friends. Yeah. Oh, you know? like yeah. to this day, like I I text him uh, just before the season started, and. 
I knew it was going to be whatever. And we've, you know, lost money. And I said, Hey, can you get me a Jersey uh, for a raffle? And he said, yeah, I'll get you one for Matt, one of Max's too. And, and that kind of thing. So, you know, we, we stay in touch. And, uh, but again, that's, that's the hockey world. That, uh, that's uh, solid. That's yeah. solid there, killer, you know, and, and you always hear about the code that you guys have amongst each other. And, you know, you watch the documentary that, that Chaser put together. Um, you read Proby's book, um, how tight Ty and him were in the end. Like it, it's uh, some people look at it in a different light and they, they, I think they really need to get to know you guys better. And, and you hear the stories about what kind of a teammate you were. And that was the way hockey was played. It was a different game back then. And it was a role you guys had to embrace and take on and it was you can't tell me there was a tougher role in hockey when you you're coming to the rink tonight um I'm, I'm getting kind of butterflies and anxiety listening to your stories here um I want to know what you felt like sitting on the bench and you know you've got to go out I don't know if you've been tapped on the shoulder or if you just know it and, and inside that it's your 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 time is up and you got to get out there but do you get those butterflies right from your asshole to your ears right before you're about to go oh god yeah i mean you, you know what's uh the crazy thing is like i, I remember guys would look at the lineups you know they'd have the lineups in the locker room in the american league or whatever and i remember guys would talk about oh, i'm fighting this guy and and all that tonight and uh you know twister says well I, i'm fighting link gates and you know all that stuff and i'm like i'm you know i'm five nine and i'm like i don't care who it is i'm gonna fight anybody you know? <laughs> and, I, and this and this is a true story i remember uh seattle and regina made like a 10 player trade five for five and uh and i the next day and i at, at practice for practice uh jack bocus um i go boke did you hear about the big trade uh, with Regina in Seattle, five, five, five for five. And, and he sees like, no, I didn't. So who was it? And I, I said, I don't care who it was. Cause I just got five new players to fight in Regina. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, uh, I, that was, you know, that was my kind of mentality that, uh, I'm going to go score goals and then I'm, I'm going to, I don't know. I was just, I was like, I'm going to get as many Gordy Howe hat tricks as I can. You know, I'm going to. How many? Can you tell us? Oh, gosh, I got, uh, I got quite a few. I, I mean, you know, always like in junior and uh, American League, you get a goal and assist. And then it's just like, yeah, then you, just you get, do the it. Fight, get the fight out of the way first and get involved in the game and, <laughs> and then go score and get an assist, you know, so. I'm guessing the, uh, the, the tap on the shoulder from the coach probably didn't come for you as much as it was them trying to hold you back from fighting as you're putting up numbers and all that <laughs> shit, right? So you're yeah, yeah, the opposite of a, of a pro birder. Those guys that get out there and do it, they're probably like, fucking quit it, man. Stop getting in fights with guys. Yeah, that we need you on the ice. <laughs> you're scoring. And that's, uh, you know, I, I know Marcel Como. He, no, 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 no coach ever tapped me on the shoulder. Yeah. Uh, I, I knew my role, right? So, yeah. um, you know, Marcel you know, that, that's the thing. Most of the coaches told me, well, so I, I went to two NHL camps, Minnesota and Quebec. And both, uh, one was a GM and one was a coach uh, after, uh, after whatever the, the scrimmages, um, they said, Kevin, 
we know you can fight, man. Let's play the game now. <laughs> at least I, at least I was recognized. You yeah, know? you knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I know. I mean, for the most part, it was like, Kevin, we need you on the ice, man. We need you to score goals. He said, We know you're tough. Let's let's let other guys who can uh, that are bigger fight, and then you just worry about scoring goals. But I just, you know what? It was just uh, just in me um, that I loved that other side of the game a little too much. You know that. Uh, uh, just what it was. And I remember, I remember, and I just told this story to someone. Uh, we were playing in Florida against the Panthers. And uh, we were down four to one going into the third period. And um, I fought Paul Loss. Uh, it was very, very tough. And yeah. uh, uh, we ended up, like I said, turned the, turned the tables. We came, we ended up uh, uh winning five, four in overtime. And, and you don't want to lose in Florida because usually everyone brings their golf clubs and uh, right. you get to have a game of golf the next day. If you win, eh? golfing, right. Yeah. So <laughs> we ended up winning and, um, and like I said, we stayed the night and uh, read the paper at breakfast the next morning. And Pat peak, uh, who is my roommate, I think he got the winning goal and he said, uh, Hey, I didn't win this game. Kevin Kaminsky won this game for us. We were, we had no life. We were dead. Uh, Kevin went out and fought their uh, killer went out and fought their toughest guy and uh, got us life back in the bench. And so he won this game for us. So, so that was, you know, I, I will always remember that just because like I said, I never got to, you know, in the NHL, it top, if you're not top six, you, you're not gonna, yeah. you know, like I said, I'm, I'm lucky to get two or three shifts uh, a period. Right. Uh, yeah. So when you get out there, you got to make the best of it. And uh, uh, you know, I said, I always remember that uh, quote from Pat peak that, that, uh, uh, you don't have to score a goal to, uh, you know, to, to win a game either. So you can all, so there's always, like I said, you got your goal scorers, you got your muckers, your grinders, you got your guys who sauce and make plays and, but, but you got your guys who are, are, are going to stick up for your Peter Bondras and Mel, Michael Pavankas and, and yeah, hundred you know, percent. Yeah. It's a, it's a huge part of the game. And, and, you know, we, we hear the, the, the guys calling the game talk about momentum and that's exactly, that's exactly the role you would have played many, many times. Um, I bet you probably didn't rehearse just to do it for a momentum change at times. From my understanding, you like to, you know, sometimes it would have been after a whistle or whatnot, but uh, plenty of line brawls back in those days too, eh? killer. Like it was five on five. You don't even see that anymore. And yeah. And you know what? Say back in the Blades days, would you say like every other game there'd be a bit of a five-on-five scrum? Do you think? You know what? Actually, it was um, with, with with us. Like you, like yeah, you heard about the line brawls all the time. But you know, what was a crazy thing was we never had too many in Saskatoon. You know, well, who who would want to? Yeah, no shit. Find Who's five guys that wanted to match up with you. <laughs> right. Right. You know, you know, really, that's that. There's some tough dudes come out of Saskatoon. You know, we were uh, we were at one of Chaser's deals here in Saskatoon. Two or three, it would have been his first one, and we were at the Sheraton, and uh, they're doing the the open mic up there, which I I thought was excellent. It was one of the most entertaining evenings I'd had in a long time, and they were talking about kosher and how when he tried to hit you, he literally tried to put his fist right through you. Um, who, you know, we talk about who's the toughest guy that you probably fought. Who do you think was the scariest guy? Yeah. I, I mean, that's, uh, 
uh, Joey Kosher would probably be the scariest. I mean, I remember watching a uh, fight uh, and he split the guy's helmet in two. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I mean, he he punched so hard. Like, I mean, yeah, like, you, like he hit the hurt, right? Yeah. yeah. Damage. I think the highlight of Absolute that night damage. was when uh, uh, wasn't he playing senior hockey and got a call to go back to Detroit because they needed some toughness and he ended up winning a couple cups, right? From right. senior hockey in Saskatchewan oh, to, to the show. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And you know what the funny thing was? I remember uh, in the 2013 Memorial Cup, they had uh, at, at, it was at Hudson's in the back room. Yeah. Yeah. And they had, uh, uh, well, they had the Stanley Cup there, right? And um, I think you had to buy tickets. Or, or somehow you have to have something to go to get back there, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was with Joey, and uh, he walks back there, and he doesn't have a ticket, right? And the guy says, well, you need to get a ticket to get in. He puts up his hands. I go, here's, here's proof right there. I got, <laughs> I got two, two of them. Here's two tickets straight yeah. here. <laughs> Come on, killer, let's get in. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Okay, well, we are uh... – We'll start to try to wrap it up here a little bit so we don't uh, go all day. Uh, we could chat all day on these great Oh, stuff. yeah, we're going to have to have Killer back here. <laughs> but uh, I, I want to make sure. That, I, that I know is... on our, our our people can't see this, but uh, Killer, you got your own line of uh, of apparel. Um, and I'll, I'll let you touch on that. You can go get it and see uh, Killer2332 on Instagram and uh, DM you for, for whatever you need. But uh, – something that you're giving back to, which, um, you know, back when you played, nobody even talked about it. So I want to let you, uh, I want to let you give uh, our audience a little, uh, a little um, insight to that. Yeah. You know what? Uh, like I said, it's been a privilege to play the game, um, you know, for many years and coaching it. And uh, um, I've always, you know, from, I think just the way I was growing up, mom and dad, and uh, I was always uh, taught to give give back. And uh, uh, so I, I've done that. Like I said, I remember even with the Blades, playing with the Blades, um, uh, Acklands uh, back then, they did uh, uh, the Make-A-Wish uh, Foundation. Yep. And, uh, I, for every point that I would get, they donated uh, money to the Make-A-Wish. And uh, I remember... Um, uh, a little girl, uh, Natalie, uh, making, making her wish come true. Um, you know, with the points that I got in Acklands and, and we got, we got to know Acklands people. Awesome. Uh, it was yeah. just, uh, it was a great time back then, but, but yeah, I mean, I've always, whatever promo I could do, I would do. Um, and then, like I said, uh, uh once I, you know, once I got to the NHL, uh, I started doing my uh, charity golf tournament right in my hometown in Churchbridge, and and it's still going on today. Like people always ask me, said, "Well, when is this going to be your last year?" I said, "Hey, if we can keep doing this and make fifteen thousand on a Saturday, like yeah. we used to, it used to be big. Like I, the what the one year, so it's only a nine hole course, right? I flew in the Hanson brothers." Oh, nice. Oh, my gosh. Like, I mean, so, you know, the small town, right? Like, uh, everyone's got the mullet, right? (laughs) They got the high top uh, runners on. And and, and jerseys. Yeah. Uh, So, I tell you what, like, the the bar back then was called The Bar. 
And uh, everyone, like I said, I, I walked in, like we took them to the hotel. They went up to their rooms. And, and I remember Steve uh, Carlson, he says, he looked back as he poked his head through. Uh, he says, oh my gosh, boys, this is going to be one for the books. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was the, the, some, the little, little rooms up above the bar, right? So, yeah. but I remember I dropped them off. I went back to the house and came back. I walked into the bar. I could not tell the Hanson brothers apart with all the boys with the mullets and yeah. everything else, right? Oh, so, so but uh, just to make a short story story uh, short, that year uh, we raised uh, in two days we raised thirty two thousand oh, dollars. Wow! And we had two hundred and sixty one golfers on a nine hole course. Like <laughs> we we had we had this on the fifth hole we had music a bar, yeah. uh, music blaring like it was that's where the party was. Like everyone's all, oh, you go ahead. You guys can tee off. And, and I don't <laughs> yeah, even think hardly anybody. Bar carts wouldn't even have worked. The bar carts wouldn't even have worked. No. You just needed to have a bar stationed at, at every two holes. To, yes, exactly. Yeah. Like I, I don't even think anybody finished the rounds, you know, <laughs> <laughs> everyone was there partying with the Hanson brothers. Uh, uh, but yeah, back to, uh, you know, killer Hawks. Like I said, I've, uh, got the little clothing line and, uh, um, a very good friend of mine from way back with the blade days, uh, Darren Anderson, Gobby, as we yeah. all call him. Yeah. You bet. Uh, you know, Anybody that leaned up on a bar at the Pat knows who Gobby is. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The back door worked good for us. Yes. As a matter of fact. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, Gobby's, uh, brother, uh, you know, uh, committed suicide and, uh, you know, I got, I had known him too. And, and uh, just, uh, I think, with all the stuff that I went through with concussions and, uh, um, and uh, you know, some alcoholism and all that stuff that, uh, you know, uh, the, mental, the mental health side of it. And, and, and Kelly Chase at one of his events uh, really touched on it, too. And uh, okay, yeah. like I said, it's, um, you know, that, that's a pandemic itself. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. And especially during this pandemic, you hear, you know, like I said, you, you can't get out, you can't socialize and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, like I said, my, my, my phone is always open um, to, to chat with whoever. And, um, but, but, but for with my killer line, my clothing line that, uh, you know, I, I donate money to uh, love, love my mind, which Gobby has uh, uh, put forth for in, in care of his brother and, and the others who are suffering that uh, I donate a dollar to every uh, for every piece of clothing that uh, that I sell, um, and you can go to killer-hockey.com. Um, you know, it's just some cool apparel that uh, uh, that I've come up with. A buddy of mine made the logo um, that I used to play with, and uh, like I said, it's just uh, again trying to give back as much as I can, and, and to have a little fun with uh, the clothing line as well. Well, in the short time I've got to. Um to know you here killer it's been an absolute pleasure on on a couple different things i um tanner i don't know if tanner knows this but um killers actually connected us with the group in larange to possibly do a pbr when when we can get some fans in the in the building which i appreciate okay. um you're looking after nolan um and hearing the stories uh it's been an absolute pleasure i i wish uh i could have known you for 20 years uh, and I'm sure we just scratched the surface on some of these stories, but uh, I really, really appreciate having you on. Um, 
you're a role model for uh, all of us. And I mean that um, just from what our listeners are going to hear today. I think that uh, everybody can take something away from your story. So uh, very much appreciate it. Um, I know Tanner's got a question for you, how he ends off all the pods here. So I'm going to give it to him. Yeah, definitely. And and before I get into that too, same thing, Keller. I just want to let you know, uh, a guy that, that that played at the levels that you played and and the person that you are in society to to come back and, and I see it all over your social medias and, and talk about mental health. And um, like you said, especially in this time, um, in this pandemic when nobody can leave their houses uh, on top of it, this time of year always seems to be a more depressing time of the year of after the new year and, and uh, uh, in the snow and the cold up here. And, and uh, like you said, uh, for everybody listening right now, um, all of us, us three guys are all here. If anybody needs to, to chat or, or talk and um, back to you killer, it's just uh, a guy that, that looks up to you to, for a person like you to be able to talk about it and open up one of the toughest guys to ever play uh, the game of hockey uh, to show that that it's okay to to talk and it's okay to ask for help. Um, it just shows that anybody out there can do it. If a, if a guy like you can do it, anybody out there can do it. So I appreciate you uh, stepping up to the plate and, and doing that for everybody in the game. Well, that's the key is to ask for help. I mean, uh, I, I never, you know, I, I uh, on the ice, you see, you see me, but off the ice, I'm a totally different person. Even in uh, the Ken Dryden home book, my dad, uh, my dad said, he's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Uh, <laughs> you know, when, back in Churchbridge, the way I used to make money was I used to babysit. Yeah. I, I, I love kids, you know, and actually was, I, I went and taught a lesson uh, yesterday at uh, Sirius Hockey Academy. Um, and I, man, I got uh, a very nice, uh, message on Instagram uh, from a mother who uh, her daughter Brielle just said, uh, you know, he explained everything and uh, why and, 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 and to, to all that. And that, that just made my night complete to, to get that little message from, from a mom that her daughter was so excited and had so much fun and learned so much uh, in one hour, you know, and, and that's what, uh, that's what we got to do. We got to, uh, to me, like I said, it's a privilege to play the game, but now, it's, I think it's my duty to uh, give it away, um, you know, and, and let these kids, you know, it, it, like you said, it's been a, compared to the days when I played to this day, like I said, with, with Mike Babcock coaching and uh, all the other coaches that I talk to now, the, little, the other little nuances of the game today yeah. uh, compared to where they were back when, I mean, and I think it shows um, – the success that we had in LaRange last year, you know, they had 28 wins in three years a year before, and we were 33, 19, and six. And, uh, you know, just again, uh, it's about uh, teaching, developing, and uh, mostly all uh, trusting everyone, you know, at, at your players to trust you and to get everyone on that same page. And like I said, the game's changed, but it still hasn't. You need everybody to go to war for each other and, uh, uh, and, and you're going to be successful with uh, uh, with everyone being on that same page. Yeah, as in life. Shit, right? you got you got me fired up. I want to come play for you, Killer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the last question before we wrap up: uh, hashtag NFP. What does that mean to you? NFP. You see it on all our hats, Jason. You can probably attest to it a little bit more too. 
Did Curtis ever tell you what it means? You know what? I, I think he did. And with too many concussions, I probably for, I forgot. <laughs> well, well, for for hockey moms, I tell them it means no flip passes. And for the dads, I tell them it means no fucking pussies. That's my only <laughs> F word I'll ever say on the podcast. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah. Um, I have a. I have a little thing that's DFC. And, uh, and this is what we, all the players, it goes to, you know, I put it on the board and I said, the guys from last year, don't say anything. And you guys, what does this mean to you? And uh, no one knows. It's don't fucking cheat. <laughs> yeah. I like you know, it. All right, exactly. Uh, that's, yeah. that's just, you know what, if you, yeah. like, I, I'm just saying, like, you, you hear Canada and their coach, the Team Canada, you know, uh, and you hear D- Dylan Cousins, I, I think, is a, obviously a great leader. And and uh, he just says we're pride all the little things. And I have a list of pride all the little things that I give to the guys uh, to read and to, you know, uh, just just don't cheat. If you, if you don't cheat the game, you don't cheat your teammates, you're going to be successful. I love it. I, like, I really like that. I think we can go hand in hand. We could hashtag – DFC and hashtag NFP. We might be onto something. New venture here, killer. I, I think so. I think so. <laughs> I like that. If, NFP, you com- if you combine, if you combine both those, there's yeah. no way you lose. Not yeah. a chance. I agree. And, and this will this will be a day late, but going into tonight, that's what our country needs. Uh, bring home that gold. Yeah. I agree. I, I mean, I've lived in the states for 27 years. Oh man, I love the states, but. I, I don't love their hockey, so uh, Canada better win this one. Uh, <laughs> hear it, I'll hear it from all my buddies in this. Yeah, state. exactly, hundred percent. And I don't need that. <laughs> no, no. We just, like I said, I, I don't care who else. I, I don't care who wins gold, but long as the states doesn't win gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rivalries alive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, Killer. Well, thank you very much for uh, for joining us today. It was it was an honor, and and you know, it, not even the the NHL stories and the fight stories, but uh, what you're doing for mental health and, and just giving back to your community and um, the recognition that you receive for just being a, a good guy uh, throughout your life. Uh, it's a pleasure to be able to, to sit down and have this visit with you. So um, we'll hope to have you back. We didn't even touch on the concussions and, and uh, other stuff that, that we want to touch on, uh, but it was, it was so much fun. And, and uh, so, you know, you could, like we said, we could sit all day. So we're going to have you back. That's for sure. We'll have a part two. Yeah. TV continued. Yeah. Well, like I said, hopefully we hear some good news and we're going to hold off the part two, but, uh, yep. but yeah, I would definitely love to come back on JD and Tanner for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you. Yep. Thanks for having you. And uh, the NFP podcast presented by 3D Entertainment. Uh, our guest today, Killer Kaminsky. Thank you. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Awesome. Awesome. Killer. That was great. <laughs>